Rocio, and I am first-generation Dominican. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and I was born in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. And we are Amplifying the Afro in Afro-Dominican. Hi, Mercedes. Hi, Rocio. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, actually. Yeah. How's your day going? Good. You know, yesterday I had the opportunity to go over to Industry Cities. They have like a really cool outdoor a couple of like outdoor places in between buildings where you can oh, yeah, I know. safely like hang out, social distance, yeah. do your thing. And this this uh, friend of mine that I was hanging out with told me that they want to remake the movie The Witches. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, why? Because you know what, girl, you know what? This is my theory. Yeah. Do you know why? Because they're these bored ass uncreative white people who are the executives of these like huge movie film you know industries and they don't diversify their rooms enough to get actual creative ideas Mm. so you know what they do remake they remake old shit (laughs) wow i just couldn't believe that i was like why don't you just fucking diversify your writer's room or like seriously your, your your executive team and then maybe you'll get more ideas man yeah of like unique new things look at all there's amazing stories out there amazing and look at all the really great stories recently that have came out Mm -hmm. from black creators yeah you know what i mean like lovecraft country yeah you know what i mean anyway so that's why you know i just think if these people diversify and get more people of color Mm. to get into their rooms they'll have more opportunities for like creative and unique storytelling you know what i mean you know what i'll tell you something oh yeah Recently, well, recently, like during the summer, I was part of this really cool virtual coffee thing with black writers. Right. Mm -hmm. So they connected you with black writers, people of color that are in the industry rooms that are in the rooms that do that are doing, you know, TV writing or that work on TV shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they did a virtual date. So they match you up so that you can like kind of pick their brain. And I think oh, that's nice. so cool because, you know, we, we're never in those rooms and, yeah. or the people that are in the rooms. We have questions. Yeah. You know, so I was so grateful that they created a group like that to have people actually talk to people that are in the writer's room. Yeah. Granted, there aren't that many, yeah. but the numbers are still growing. Yeah. Yeah. And they should grow more. Yeah. I mean, diversity isn't just about just have you know checking boxes it, it it's about having more ideas more creativity more questions you know what i mean it's also like thought and culture diversity and yeah you, and you need that and and these people who are like in charge of our media and what we see because that does influence culture absolutely you know what i mean it does it's it, it influences us and representation matters to me because like I grew up in my, you know, my favorite films were Terminator 2, Linda Hamilton, because she was so badass at it, mm-hmm. you know, Splash with, um, what's her name? Melody. Who was that woman who played the mermaid in Splash? Do you know what we're talking about? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Another, I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? And let's see, who, who else can I think of? Oh, and I loved Robin Wright in A Princess Bride. You said, you know, right. like, so I was growing up, like, thinking that these were my heroes. Yeah. And that sucks because, like, it would have been nice to have, like, a black Dominican superhero. 
yeah. to be like, ooh, can I be like that? Because I can't be like these white women, you know what no. I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, now the kids now will grow up and have, I mean, unfortunately, we lost him very early, but they have a Black Panther now, you know, like yeah. kids growing up. Mm-hmm. That's, we didn't have that at all. At all. At all. So hopefully we'll have more superheroes of color that, you know, yeah. our and kids can just, look up to. And not just superheroes, just like. Regular schmegler folks. Yeah, just regular schmegler folks. Yeah. Who are, you know, out here doing things like. Yeah, those are the true superheroes. Yeah. Everyday people. The everyday people. Yeah, know? I mean, I can't believe that they want to remake Three Witches. Like, yeah, like. Do we really need another remake of Three Witches? Do we really need a remake of that film? No, we do not. Oh, you know what else I heard? They want to redo um, The Exorcist. Ew, why? That's what I'm saying, yo. Who is coming up with these ideas? Stupid white men. Is Is it? Yeah, dude. So what about, what does that say for, you know, our fellow actors? Like, Well, that's definitely less opportunity for us. Yeah. Because, you know. There's no black people in this. (laughs) Well, they also want to, don't they sometimes do, what's that called when they do different casting? Um. And they change the the casting. What's that called when they do different? Like uh, I forgot the name. It's like like colorblind. Yeah, colorblind casting. I hate that term. <laughs> I fucking hate that term. Yeah, they'll be like, okay, we're gonna have a colorblind cast. Yeah, it's like shut the fuck up. Nobody's blind here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. I've always okay, hated that okay, term. So when you were studying acting, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Did you ever have to study Chekhov? Yeah. And all these white yeah, people and, that like and fucking Shakespeare and all that. Shit. Yeah, and it's like I don't. None of these people, like, yeah, are look like me. Why am I studying? Yeah, why am I studying this? Yeah, but it's like the go-to structure of, well, because, of, of studying because all of our stuff is based off of whiteness. We, yeah, just, you know what I mean. It's just been passed down the same people over and over again. It's the same yeah. thing with the 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 film industry that I'm talking about. It's these same people making these same decisions over yeah. and over and over again. You know, that would be so cool if like. We could get, I mean, we have August Wilson, who's amazing. Of course, yeah. And um, I mean, I've been, we've done, you know, I've done classes that we've done his plays, which is amazing. Yeah. But I wish it was even more diversified. Yeah, you know, me the too. study material, when we're talking about acting, I wish there was more diverse plays that we study. Yeah. Instead of the standard, every every actor has gone through like the, the standard Shakespeare or the standard Chekhov, you know, there, there's certain plays that everybody studies. Everybody has to, to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, like- I, 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 I was in this amazing acting class with Anthony Abison. Shout out to Anthony. And, you know, we were able to bring whatever play we wanted to bring. And mm-hmm. I would bring in August Wilson, you know, Lynn Nottage. I made it a point yeah. to bring in, you know, playwrights, black playwrights, because yeah. I connected to their stories and of their course. writing, you know. Yeah, because like we don't, we can't connect to these other stories sometimes. You, you know what I mean. So, so it's always good to diversify. I'm sure it's the same thing with like filmmakers. You know, I bet you they watch the same like classic films. Yeah, from made from the same classic directors. Yeah, quote unquote. You know, when there's actually a plethora of really brilliant filmmakers out yeah. there who are BIPOC filmmakers. And then know? I'm sure they want to say. I mean, I don't know why, but is it because they feel like, you know, like I'm trying to think why that is. I mean. We know why, but is it like, why is it that they don't show the plethora of, of diversity in, in, in acting in plays and when you're teaching, you know? Well, when, when you have, I think the gatekeepers are 
white people who just don't know how to expand. They, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be here and be like, oh, these people don't know how to expand. But like they don't think of it because they've never really had to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because they are represented in the, in that work. And I know, but I know that like, you know, when I was studying acting, that Russian theater is like, whoa, oh my the God, epitome, like, you know? Yeah. So I remember I took like a Russian intensive, you know, with the Russian teacher. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if it was the same one. But, you know, it was like half the time I was, the beginning of the class, I was lost because I was like, I don't even know. I'm not connected. Yeah. To what is going on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. Because I don't know these people. Yeah. These ain't my cousins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Granted, you don't have to, like, doesn't mean that you have to just know what you've been around. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you could study and learn from acting is acting. Yeah. But I just felt like I wasn't seeing my stories. Exactly. You know, so I wasn't connecting to the material. Yeah. Yeah. You and know I, what I mean? I, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And I even tried, you know, I remember I got really into Shakespeare because I was yeah. like, I have to connect to this because this is how I'm going to work as an yeah. actor. I'm going to be classically trained. Yeah. And then I got into the world and I only got hired as like prostitutes and like <laughs> servants. And yeah. I was like, oh, you made me study all this shit. Yeah. And, like, and, and now like I can't even fucking get cast. I couldn't like a, connect to it at all. You and know? it was so hard to and connect I was, to Shakespeare. Let me tell you, I'm great at Shakespeare. Yeah. You know? But then you weren't given the roles. But then I wasn't given the roles that I like yeah. worked so hard to try to get. Yeah. You know, I did land a couple of of bigger roles with smaller like touring companies but not like a bigger you know regional or or, or something like that i remember taking a class and they had us do shakespeare and i don't remember which one it was because i tuned out but <laughs> i just remember them putting me and this other woman there and we were like the two women fighting for a dude there's uh, one of them okay i, I Think it's Midsummer Night's Dream? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, Midsummer. But it just went left you were because just like, we took I'm it down. Like yeah. we were just like. You're then they were like, like they, she made the mistake of saying it. Put it into your own words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god, that's so hilarious! It just went that's hilarious. Left. Yeah. Um, but it's just been a struggle, you know, like connecting yeah. to to pieces yeah. like Shakespeare yeah. and and Chekhov. I got you know, yeah, I like yeah. his writing, but. I just wish that there was more diversity. And, yeah. And well, the, no, the I'm, girl, I'm over it now. Like, I'm totally over all these, like, quote unquote, classical yeah. things. And I, I'm about, like, like doing my story and, like, my storytelling and supporting other BIPOC artists' storytelling. Because um, for me, I do connect to it more and I find it more interesting. And I just have to, like, be honest with myself that, like, that's what I find more interesting. And that's what I yeah. connect to. And, like, I don't have to try to connect to, like what this white institution is telling me to connect with. Yeah. And shout out to theaters like Signature Theater. They make it a point to bring in playwrights of color yep. and, and put their pieces up. They do, yeah. um, what's that called when they do like an intensive or they have them do a residency? Yeah. A residency. A residency. And they make it a point to bring in diverse, you know, playwrights. Yeah. I've seen amazing plays there. Me too. And I think it's important. Yeah, I think it's really important to see it. Yeah, because I mean, it influences culture. Absolutely, you know, it, it opens people's minds and hearts, and it really is so important for people to see the plethora of stories out there to humanize us. Yes, and to connect us together. Yeah, like we can play more than a prostitute. Yeah, we could, or a servant. Yeah, or a servant. <laughs> like you studied all that Shakespeare, and then they're like, "All right, we're gonna put you as the servant." Yeah. Servant number one or two or three. You and know? Shakespeare's not it's 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 challenging to it's to fair. learn. Yeah. Do you know I took a Shakespeare class with a guy, what's his name? 
the guy that was all over the media on that was working at Trader Joe's that was the actor that was in the Cosby show. Yeah, I'm actually doing a Macbeth radio play with him right Shut now. Shut up. Jeff- what is his name? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Owens. Owens. Yes. It's, it, yeah. Shout out to Jeffrey Owens because he's amazing. Yeah, we're doing a, a Macbeth radio show right now for a fundraising thing for the Actors Fund. Wow, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to teach Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he's I took a class fantastic. with him. He really is. He really, really is. He's really fantastic. Yeah. So, should we introduce our guest today? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, Mercedes. All right. So, we have this dope actor coming on. His name is Kelvin Grujon. And Kelvin is, of course, Dominican. He's a Dominican actor from the Heights. He's a graduate of the University of Virginia. And he launched his theater career with the one-man play, The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. You might have heard of that book. Yeah, he plays 10 characters in this play all on his own because it's a one-man show. And his most recent works include the leading role playing Miguel in the feature-length film Ivana and Elias Piña. He has a series on YouTube right now called Dominican York, where he plays Chuchi, a reoccurring role. He's totally a multi-talented artist. He isn't just a storyteller. He's a filmmaker. He's a producer. He's a spoken word performer. He's a visual artist. And y'all, he is a DJ. Word. Word up. You got to check out his tunes as well. He received his actor training at the Humanity Studios, where his coach was Shade Delon, which is totally cool. Yeah, she was in Jarmer and Greg. Yeah. I'm super excited to talk to Kelvin. Me too. I love our fellow thespian. Our fellow thespian. All right. Let's get Kelvin on the line. Welcome, welcome, Kelvin. Yes. Yeah. Doing big things, acting and being in amazing projects, which we're really excited to talk about. Can you tell us how do you pronounce your last name and where does it come from? Sure. Uh, So I would say um, this is always a funny, tricky question because I even myself pronounce it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, The correct pronunciation would be Grullón. 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 That would be the Spanish uh, pronunciation. And it has not been confirmed, but my belief is that it derives from some kind of French roots. And there's a similar French uh, last name, which is spelled G-O-U-J-O-N, and it's pronounced Grullón. Oh. And given the history of Dominican Republic and French and Afro and Spanish and colonialism and all of that, my uh, educated guess is that I have some kind of French roots that were then kind of translated to Spanish somehow. Somewhere along my lineage, there was a Goujon and that Goujon, some kind of Spanish person couldn't say it and they started saying Goujon. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. And that's how that's probably how it happened. Yeah, that's a great theory. I, I'm on board with that. Yeah, where's I'm your family fully from? Fully on board. Yeah. Your family's um, from DR. Where? Yeah, my family is from I would say the northern area from the Cibao region. Okay. My, my dad's family is from Nagua, which is pretty close to Las Terrenas and Samana. And my mother's family is from San Francisco de Macorís, uh, which is about 40 minutes from, from Santiago. And it's one of the it's one of the bigger cities in, in DR. 
And you were born here or born in DR? Yeah, I was born up here, Washington Heights. Yeah. Lived out here. Uh, I lived in up here since, uh, well, since I was born until I was like about four or five. And then after that, I moved to DR for like a couple of years, like four or five years. And then I moved back. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm literally ni de aquí ni de allá. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been up that far north. Like, you know, because my mom's from Boca Chica. So whenever I go, oh. you know, it's like, uh, you know, El Capital and Boca Chica. Yeah, and then yeah. occasionally we might go a little bit north so, to see like some family, but I haven't been to no. Santiago yet Amazing. or or yeah. some of those. You know, one of these days I'll hit it up. But I don't I don't like to go to DR without family. Like I want to, you know, yeah. without my family who like know the the country a little bit more. Yeah. You know, no, what I that mean? makes total sense. That's going to be the way that you're going to actually like enjoy, you know, every part of the country when you go by yourself. You're kind of really more as a tourist. Yeah, and, you know, it's, yeah. It's, touristy things are great, but you're not getting the full like DR experience you get with your family. Like, you yeah, know, be, be like, yo, vamos para colmado. Let's, right. Let's, yeah. Let's go by the coldest beers I know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what I would like to do. But do you go back yeah. often? I, I would say that I used to, not so much anymore. I used to be in DR like every summer, like a lot of mm. a lot of kids my age. And mm -hmm. then at about like, uh, then at about college time, that kind of reduced to about every two years. Yeah. So it's somewhat often, but when I think of often, I think of my like my dad. My dad goes twice a week. Oh, oh wow! Dad. Yeah, that's so yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you know I, how is your family with? supportive of your artistic journey i know it's so it's so different for everyone i'm lucky that my mom is like you're gonna get famous girl like she right? has supported me <laughs> from the jump but i know that you know mercedes and i were talking and she was like no but there are a lot of dominican families out there who are just like what are you doing yeah what it's is this so, get a job yeah. <laughs> i think i think it's very i think every immigrant family maybe has a similar situation when it comes to i would say non-traditional work mm -hmm. they they don't understand how how it is work and they don't understand how how you can build i want to say like a, a safety or a life with this type of work so at first you know they had misconceptions about it and they were supportive in the sense of like oh yeah you know go do the thing go do that after school <laughs> Uh, yeah. program that, that you gotta do that's that's i'm really happy that you're doing that and then after you're doing it for like two years and you're broke they're like um shouldn't you maybe do something else i don't think this is working out for you i think you should maybe you know you can maybe do that on the side but you should get a real job you know you should get like a real like working in an office you know from like 8 a.m to like 7 p.m you need to get a real thing and and that was sort of like their way of like you know we don't want you to quit we want you to get a real job and the whole time I'm like you know th this is this is a, this is a real necessary <laughs> thing for humanity this is a real job yeah you just it's not the same speed to getting to results as you know as a, a, as a traditional but my my siblings are super supportive okay. um, in their own sibling kind of way <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, my mom is is very like. My mom is the type of person that is very admiring of when someone does what they want to do and what fulfills them. Mm -hmm. And so once she like very quickly, she understood like, oh, this is this is what you're doing because it's what makes you happy in life. OK, I support you 100 oh, percent. And here, you, can, you can stay in my house living here for whatever time once you can get up on your feet and you're doing what you got to do. I support you 100 percent. 
my dad was a little bit more like, yo, where's the Hollywood money? Like, you <laughs> like, you're not doing shit. Let's go. Like, I don't see no money. You need to go get this real job. Yeah. Until like, wow. you know, until like two years later or I guess three years later when I'm like, no, dad, I'm, I'm about to go travel and do a play in Vermont doing Shakespeare from for two months. This is the, this. It's just building steps. Building yeah. Stones. You, gotta, yeah. you gotta build up to it. Do you, do you ever get those great questions like, oh, have you have you tried Broadway? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have get you, questions like, have you tried looking at novelas? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know, you go to Mexico. Yeah. You go to Mexico. You go to Colombia. You know, get on a novela, and you know you can make money. And I'm like, you know, the thing about soap operas, no offense, <laughs> but just you know, like it's not that exciting to me personally. <laughs> but I understand this. People love it, and it's it's. Those stories, whenever I watch a soap opera, I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. I get it, but, you know, maybe not my thing. For that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought I was the only one who got questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, should, you should do a Broadway play. I'm like, yeah. yo, no Really? Kidding. Didn't think like, about yeah. that. Wow. Have you tried Netflix? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you called Netflix? Have you called them? They're... I heard they're oh, yeah. easy to call. <laughs> you have their number. You have their number. You should get a. Sh- you should get on a show on Netflix. Right. Right. <laughs> we have a meeting next week. We're gonna talk about. Yeah. Exactly. Shows. Yeah. I love when my mom gives me stories of people that she watches on like channel forty one or forty seven of actors. Like you know they have these shows now that are mimicking like let's say America's Next Top Model or yeah. you know those like r- those reality shows about a group yeah, of yeah. like artists or actors or models mostly that look nothing like me of course that are mm-hmm. trying to be an actor or you know mm-hmm. they're they're on their journey and she's like wow did you see the story of so and so she had to go to all these auditions and it was really hard for her and she got so many rejections and i'm like that's that's my story that's <laughs> what i do she's like and she that went is- to california and i'm like did she and i'm like when are you going to make the connection that that's what your daughter does you know, same yeah. exact thing. Yeah, but because she sees it on TV and she sees this other woman's story, yeah. you know, I just think it's so interesting how they connect the two. You know, yeah. I guess I guess for for like for our parents, they need the the like their own form of validation that they did okay raising us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they they need to know that they did okay, and so they need to see it. Because I know for me, a bit of a good turning point where not just my parents, but also all of my family members were like, oh, you're really doing this for real, was when I had a nice, very scrumptious two-second snippet on a, on a Thalia and Nati Natasha music video. Oh, wow. Uh, That's when you, you see yeah. my face. Thalia, forget it. But you had all my uncles, you had my aunts from VR calling everybody. Oh, we saw you on the video. You're doing it. Keep going. Yeah. I'm like, oh, y- y'all needed to see that. Not a Shakespeare <laughs> play, but a Thalia, you know, music a video. Three seconds snippet that did it. That so Yeah. Oh my that's God, that's hilarious. Hilarious. This is actually bringing me, jumping me forward and propelling me about why representation matters so much, though, because like in yeah. the Dominican community, for example, like, you know, I, I'm I'm Dominican, I'm black, and yeah. I've I never saw anybody on TV. I still don't on TV that's like, hey, I'm all black yeah. Dominican. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. I would love to talk yeah. to you about representation because I really love what you're doing, like you know, us researching you and stuff and how you're making mm-hmm. sure that like 
we're being represented and you're going mm-hmm. for Dominican things. You're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like specifically Dominican. And that's like so inspiring. To well, me are you going for them? Or are, you or are going, they finding I'm not, you? I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. Or, you know, is it just I'm, coincidence? I'm the mindset or the belief, I would say that uh, roles or stories find me in, in like a really weird way. Every role that I've gotten the chance to, to play, it's always something that I really needed at the moment on like mm. a personal level. And then doing that piece just helps me break through that personal thing through the art. So it's always been this like super lovely like realization of like, oh wow, I really needed to do this this Shakespeare play. Oh wow, I really needed to do this this solo show with uh, with uh, Oscar Wilde. And then, but with with that aside, I think that ever since high school, I've had a strong like appreciation for my Dominican culture, mm-hmm. and so. Anytime I get a chance to play in that space, to to create characters from my heritage or to tell stories that are about my heritage, I kind of take it on and I take it on really seriously. I think it's like a great opportunity to, I, I would say, break some stereotypes and also call some stereotypes true or find the truth behind some of them. Right. But mm-hmm. all in all, show you like the full humanity of what otherwise you think was your notion of something. So I think it's a little bit both. I think it's a little bit, you know, those stories finding me, but also when they find me, I go out into force. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, And I think, you know, as far as representation, like like you said, we don't have a lot. Probably most recently and most notably is, is Jarrell yeah. uh, when they see us. And and how, like, proud and, and or the sense of pride that we all felt to see somebody like that, you know, doing the kind of work. It's like, oh. Yes, this is what we're doing. That's right. So the way I feel is also the way like a little kid seeing this is going to feel. It's just about life and about people getting some stuff. Yeah, like you got a lot of um, press playing the the wondrous life of Oscar Wilde, the one woman play, one man, one man play that you did. And I saw a little clip that you even got to get interviewed on Univision. Was it Univision or Telemundo? Yeah. One of yeah. those. Univision, yeah. Univision, yeah. yeah. How was that process of, you know, playing a character that's, you know, based on this book that a lot of people know playing that role? So the solo show process of learning a, a one a one person show and and then also doing it was really daunting. It was really scary at first because yeah. there's this, which I'm sure for anybody that's listening that goes like, what's a solo show? What's a one yeah. man, yeah. Or one woman show? Like, am I going to be entertained? Am I really going to enjoy seeing one person uh, do a play? Wait, for how long? For an hour? An hour and a half? That's crazy. One person? No, I'm not going to watch it. That sounds yeah. crazy. That sounds stupid. So it's really daunting to even think about more, even more so to do it. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing that happens with that kind of uh, show, which is that there's magic literally in the air. For you to watch it and for you to do it, you have to kind of like, suspend regular belief and belief in magic just a little bit, just a little bit. And as soon as you open the door, boom, you're in this world of amazing things. And that was just like so eye-opening for me as an artist. That was a moment when I when I realized my the depth of, of my artistry, of what I can do as a person mm-hmm. in, in drama. And the process itself, you know, we spent like six months rehearsing and studying the, the adaptation that Elise Theron did who also was the adapter and the director for the previous actor who used to do this show, Elvis Nolasco. 
Who's an amazing actor too, Elvis. Yeah, and I actually just recently watched his version of the solo show, mm-hmm. and it's completely different from mine, and it's oh, the wow. same exact story. Wow, that's cool. How, how personal, because it yes. really is yeah. to do that type of show. Absolutely. You, as a as a person, and then as an actor, have to reach into every piece of knowledge that you have, and your body, your yes. mind, your soul. You have to reach to all that thing and bring it into the table to create that. And it takes time, you know, it, it takes a little time to, to do that, to learn the show, to figure out how to do the different voices, to figure out how to create or craft the, the different uh, nuances that make a character. And once you do that, it's like super rewarding because like, you're like, wow, I can't believe this thing that I was so scared about. I'm actually doing it and I'm enjoying it. And this is really funny thing that happens before a show. When I book a sh- when we book a show that is all right, it's two weeks before the show. I'm like, oh God. I gotta do the whole thing. Oh God, I gotta go through all this <laughs> thing. I gotta do it. Man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta remember this and do that. Oh God, oh God, oh God. And then you come to showtime and you just fall into it. And all of a sudden you're in the story and you're telling the thing and you're doing the voices and you're really inhabiting all these different characters. And you finish and you're like, wow, I can't wait to do that again. That was a ride. Yeah. Oh, shit, that was a full roller coaster. It really wow. is a skill because I remember I directed a one-man show for a friend of mine for the One Festival years ago. Oh. And it was a beautiful story based on his journey coming here as an immigrant, being a delivery boy, even though he had his degree from Venezuela as an uh, electrician, like an electrical engineer. And just about the different characters that he met on the way, being a delivery boy. And just seeing that process or doing that process with him, seeing the end result of it definitely is magic because, I mean, you got, it's a great skill for any actor to do. I mean, to do a one man show or one woman show, um, because you really do use your instrument and, and it really does challenge you on a whole other level, you know? Yeah. And the, and the challenges are, are, are quite unique because you, I, I was actually in the process of doing a one person show before COVID mm. and it was, kind of I think my struggle was sometimes actually overdoing it because I was alone and like remembering to simplify and trust the truth in myself even though I'm turning into all these characters and voices and all that stuff so it really is it 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 was it was fucking I was terrified like it's scary it's so scary it's because you gotta, you gotta, tr- that thing about it is that you really have to try shit. Like, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. especially when you have, like in Oscar Wilde, we have a character yeah. that is overweight and nerdy. Yeah. And, and, and talks like a computer, mm-hmm. Oscar. And then you have a character that is like super diesel, super ripped, mm-hmm. super player boy, bully, machismo junior. You have two of completely opposite characters and you have to find those two things within you. So you yeah. have to try and figure out where those things are like you know it, that might it might literally be in your hand or it might be in a shoulder right it right might be in your neck and you have to try all these shapes and all of a sudden you found the thing and you're like oh yeah that's that's that yeah that's that sound right there that's that yeah that's yeah. i'm gonna stick to that cool mm-hmm. got it and you have to do that for like nine more characters yeah i know <laughs> yeah did, did this book did this did you read you read the book yeah obviously no yes maybe yes yeah. how how yes, did I, you connect to the book Oh God, it was, I always say this, it was the first time that I felt truthfully reflected in a piece of literature. Wow. Yeah. 
you know, I've read stories before. I've connected with stories in, in different ways. Um, Harry Potter, 1984, The Alchemist. You know, I've connected to these different stories and I love them. But reading Oscar Wilde was the first time that I was reading. And after like 20, 25 pages, I was like, yo, this book is about me. Mm-hmm. Not like directly about me, obviously, but like all I needed was to make two turns in my life and I would be this character, like verbatim. I understand his mom, his grandmother, mm-hmm. his, his, his grandfather, the family story. It was so like I don't know what's the word like uh like you know when you when you drink a, a glass of wine and you're like this is so good yeah it was like that it, mm-hmm. it yeah. was like delicious to finally be like wow this is my story my people here in a piece of literature that could and potentially live on forever yeah and yeah that's it struck me that way that's mm-hmm. why representation matters yeah exactly you know because we need to see ourselves in these books on stage in mm-hmm. film. And in a web series. Yeah, because we yeah. we feel like we matter. Yeah, yeah. And you're seeing yourself, you it's know, the, reflected back. That let you know that then you can do the thing that you want to do in your life. Right. Yeah. Like seeing, uh, you know, seeing, let's say, uh, 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 you know what, fine. Seeing, seeing uh, Jarrell Jerome's character kind of survive the prison system lets you know that you can deal with the crazy turmoil of the police today. Yeah. Whereas... If you don't mm-hmm. have that image, that imagery in your head, it, it might seem like it's impossible. Right. Or yeah. seeing seeing a Dominic, who was it, Chef Kelvin beating Bobby Flay. Yeah. Uh, on on that show, beat Bobby Flay. Like seeing that, let's you know, like you know what, I could whip up some good shit. Like yeah, I don't need to, you know, I can whip, I can be a chef in the kitchen. Like those, these types of images really help you in your own personal life to see. Absolutely, it. absolutely. And without it, you don't have a a proper frame or, or full. This is why we are so excited to have you on here. And we really want to have and highlight Dominican artists from all over, you know, because people need to Shout know we're out, out here. Yeah. You know, we're out here. We're out here in these oh, yeah. streets. We're out here in these streets. In all different <laughs> areas, you know, like we are yeah. out here and people need to know that, you know, we are doing, we're in the arts, we're in politics, we're in film, we're in Right in 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 books, you know, yeah. authors, in literature, we're yeah, in theater, literature everywhere. We're, we're professors. We're on one twenty fifth. We on fifty seven. We on Third Avenue. We're, we're not just in night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. even though you moved we're to the in Heights. Brooklyn, we are Bed Stuy. Yeah, exactly, we are, you know, exactly. Cobble you know Hill. We, we in Jersey City. Yeah, yeah we in Jersey we're City. Jersey, <laughs> yeah, so not just so that you know. People who, of course, are Dominican can see or, oh, wow, I didn't know about this person that they're doing this. But also people that aren't Dominican, you know, yeah. can learn and see what we're doing. Yeah. And and even to add to that, the different kinds of Dominican. Yes, I feel like absolutely. For, even for Dominican people, they have like one preconception of Dominican. Oh, absolutely. Dominican means this. If, especially like, you know, if you're from... Igway to be Dominican is this. If you're from Santiago to be Dominican means this. And seeing different kinds of Dominicans, let's go like, wait, this, oh, that's Dominican? Yeah, motherfucker, we in all the shades. Yeah, that's Dominican out too. Here. And that one too. And that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, I thought it was interesting. You're doing this uh, web series, Dominican York, right? I thought yeah. that's pretty dope because these are stories, millennial stories, Dominican yeah. millennial stories. Can you share something about that? How's that been? Um, How's that journey? So 
that's been pretty cool. We just had a, a, a I would say, I don't know if that's a premiere or a debut or just a showing of one of the episodes at the New York Latino Film Festival, and it was super, super well received. That's by, awesome. By people that have been following the web series, and it was really dope project to be to be work to be involved in. Michelle and Jacinia Ramirez are like a sister production duo, and they decided to put this project together to showcase Dominican or highlight Dominican stories, and also have the the artists, the actors uh, of Dominican descent here in New York to give them a place to be able to tell those stories mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, for us to work, like the yeah. fact that we can be in, in in whatever sitcom is happening right now. Okay, fine. Let's create our own and, and showcase yeah. that and, and, and put that out there. And it was a really dope, like community or communal type project. Every person that uh, has worked on the series has worn many different hats, director, producer. Michelle was, was the was the writer and, and Yesenia was like the, the executive producer. But everyone else, all the other actors that we're working on and have also worked in the production on a different capacity. Everything from like light designing to wardrobe to like just a PA on set. And it's just really cool like family of working and making this happen. We started doing the second season, started shooting the, the second season around February. And then like everybody else, we got smacked in the face by COVID. So we are at a standstill. Yeah. Right. And just kind of waiting to see how the world keeps unfolding to keep pushing it forward. I think our goal is to get as many people to watch it and to enjoy it and to laugh with, with the kind of work that, that we do. And, um, and, uh, and if we're going to do the call to Netflix, we have we have a speak dial. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get it. You know, it'd be great to see Dominican York on Netflix. Hey. Netflix, yeah. You guys hear that, Netflix? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll hit about. I'm a part of New York Women in Film and Television, and they had an yeah. uh, interview with the two documentary filmmakers who did the Water Mercado documentary. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, Chats. like that I really connected to. And again, about representation mattering, it's that like, when they were finally out to distribute and sell the film, which is and, and a beautiful documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, but like I people, yeah, so but I, I know about it. It's yeah. so good, but people weren't picking it up because there were no Latinos in the executive boards. They didn't get it. There's all these white people watching it. Like, who the fuck is this? And you know Ooh. what I mean. So, but Netflix yeah. does have Latinx executives, so. The That's the guy who crazy. saw it was like, oh my god, yeah, this is this is like my childhood. Yeah, but it took them a, a long time because they they had to find someone to relate to it wow. and understand why it matters that this documentary is there for people. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, I'm literally mind blown. Like, like you said, like the, the one Latinx executive yep. that, that saw that saw it, which is every Latino kid experience. Exactly, like, yeah, childhood. Exactly. You in the States and you're Latino, Walter Mercado was somewhere in your house. Exactly. You know, <laughs> somewhere it was you, even if even if your parents were not uh, a Zodiac, I don't know how we, someone that follows the horoscope. Zodiac or, yeah. Zodiac, horoscope, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Horoscope. Yeah. Even if you weren't that, you still like you knew who happened. he was. You, if you went to the barbershop or the salon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's cool to get people who, who aren't from these Latinx communities or families to be able to to watch that and see 
how important it was to these communities, you know, and yeah. get educated about that. Yeah. So it's it's about representation mattering. And you will get on Netflix. We just got to find that one Latino executive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll tell or Latina, you this. I don't know, you know. I'll tell you this quick story. One years ago, the one time that I played a Dominican character, which I will never forget because it was meaningful for me, was this play that I did at the um, Downtown Urban Theater Festival. And it was a play based on, it was called When Santo Domingo Isn't Enough, right? And it was an Ooh. audition. And I was like, so excited that the character was Dominican. And so, you know, the storyline basically was about a white woman who was helping this Dominican immigrant assimilate to the States, right? And mm -hmm. so she was going to marry her cousin, her boyfriend, her boyfriend for papers, something. Yeah. And she starts teaching her English, right? So my character was kind of like a little afterthought, not really the main character. But when I had that audition, I remember that I was like, oh, my God, this is my cousin right here. This character here is my cousin. I know this story. I know this character. And so I was like recording her so I can get the accent because the, ca the character was new to the States. So obviously she didn't speak the way I do. Towards the end of the play, she's evolved and she's assimilated and you see the change in her. But I remember taking that so seriously because these are my people. These are my cousins. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So even when I went into the audition, it was like I was Johanny then, you know? Yeah. I had my script was like was like edited with the accent of how my cousin spoke. Right. So mm. that I did it justice into, you know, what this person was going through. And That's I remember and I remember, of course, I booked it. But <laughs> I remember um, when we did the show, I took so much pride. It almost makes me brings me to tears. It, 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 I took so much pride because I was like, I'm doing this for my cousins, yeah. you know, yeah. for their story. I'm telling their story yeah. and I'm doing homage to them. You know, yeah. and that's what yeah. we do as yeah. actors. Yeah. And so the, yeah. the director was like, the lady that wrote the story, she was like, wow, I never even knew how deep and this character is or how important this character is. Because this is this is the person who, you know, is struggling. And, and this is the whole reason of this play. It was Johanny. It was her journey. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so I'm so excited that you are playing these Dominican characters yeah. because I opened up their eyes, you know, and yeah. we, we did it at like Cherry Lane Theater. We won the festival oh, um, yes. because I remember at the end of the play, Johanny does this monologue where she's assimilated and she's having this speech where she you know her English is much better and mm -hmm. she's just talking about her journey. And every time I did that journey, it just brought me back to our people's journeys. Yeah. You know, and so that's the power that of what you're doing yeah. with your characters. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's this sense of, um, there's a sense of like super interconnectedness that you feel when you do that. Yeah. This responsibility. Yeah. This groundedness to your roots. Like, oh, this is, this is, this is my shit. This is my yeah. yeah. And we don't get to really do that because sometimes most, of, like I said, one time I had yeah. one role where I played a Dominican in yeah. all my times that I've been acting. Yeah. Same here. Right. And and the only reason why I was Dominican is because I knew the screenwriter and I was like, can I speak Spanish and be Dominican in this? And he was like, sure. That's the only reason why. <laughs> Like, all right. like, he was like, okay, you know what I mean? And I was like so lucky that oh, I was God. I got to be a part of this film, but you know Shout out shout out to that scriptwriter. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Totally. For real. You know, that 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 was my one time. And I, I, I won an award for that. 
So there you go. See, when we are connected to our roots. The fact that it's one time, it's like, boom, award. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're missing on. (laughs) Yeah. So we didn't ask you, Kelvin, how do you identify? I I wholeheartedly as a Black Latino, uh, or I guess Afro-Latino would be the more common phrasing, but I believe that I am that. I am both. I, I wrote a piece once where I called myself a Caribbean mutt. Mm. I am uh, black, some whatever was left, the two percent native and Spanish, and that is people of the Dominican Republic to me. So yeah, I wholeheartedly identify with that. Funny enough, though, that that is an identity that I didn't what's the word uh, embrace until until college. Mm-hmm. Because growing up in Washington Heights, you grew up believing that Dominican was a race. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up thinking, like, I'm Dominican. Like, you are white and uh, you are Asian and you are black and I'm Dominican. Right. And <laughs> exactly. Not until I got to college did I fully understand. The, the nuance, the difference. And it took one person kind of like arguing, not arguing, but just discussing with me, like, you know, you're black. And I'm like, no, I'm Dominican. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You're Dominican, <laughs> but you're black. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and broke it down. And I was like, you're right. I'm black. I'm, I'm black. black. I, and I love it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> We all have that college experience or story. Somebody telling us you're black in college. Yeah. 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 For the it's first so time. Sick. And then the funny part was that after that, I had someone try to tell me that I wasn't black. Of course. Of course. And I were they like, white? Oh, no, <laughs> were they Dominican? They weren't. They were white passing, but they weren't white. Uh, oh, they were like, you're not black. And that's actually really disrespectful to African-Americans. And I was like, um, <laughs> wait a minute. I know this for sure because I definitely took the time to get this down pat. And I like, I'm black. Like, you know, if this was 1647 and there was an auction block, I'm going to be on the block. I'm not going to be not on the block. <laughs> right, so right. Black, exactly. Sure. What do you mean? And they were turning back and forth. And I and I, finally I had to be like, oh, you mean I'm not African-American, which by the way, I am because I was born in the States. And again, skin color is black. So I'm an African-American in that, in that regard. But now I know what you were trying to say. Okay, I understand. Okay. But no, I'm black. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, well, I feel like it's a little unfair that we can't, like, you know, when you say you're white, people rarely break down the ethnicity. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same for us. And I, I'm happy with the term black because obviously I'm black. Yeah. But how blackness can't really be defined, how it's, it's it's a it's a plethora of things, just like mm-hmm. whiteness is. You know, we've accepted that with white and whiteness, so we now need to accept that with black and blackness, mm-hmm. and and that we're just mm-hmm. a plethora of things. And if that's how we identify, respect it yeah. and understand that we understand that we have Eric, African heritage in in our lineage. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a really interesting point. That that there's almost like a like a hidden need to try to define the different levels or the different uh, ways of blackness, but there isn't that need to do that with whiteness. Yeah. 
uh, kind of like a subconscious need to do that, which you're right. Maybe that's not even that necessary. Yeah, I mean, you know, I yeah, it's just a, it's just an observation and a little annoying, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean, and yeah, um, yeah. and that's what you know, that's why we're here, that's why we're doing this podcast because that's what we're talking to all these Dominicans, particularly Black Dominicans, about is like. Let's start these conversations and, mm-hmm. you know, whether we want to define it or whether we don't, but, mm-hmm. but, but really embracing the blackness that we do have and celebrate and, and come from a place of celebration and love. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, we deserve this. <laughs> you know? I, I love that. I love the, 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 idea, the idea and the act of, of celebrating our blackness because that is who we are. Yeah. Like we're we're we are joyous people. Mm-hmm. Through through the through the muck and mud, we find the joy. So I think that that is the, the best way. To, the best thing to do is to celebrate the blackness. Yeah. Speaking of celebration, we wanted to ask you: What are your three favorite things about the Dominican culture? Oh God, I I oh man, I somehow haven't thought about that a long time. <laughs> Okay, I think instinctively, I'm gonna have to go first with music. Mm. I, you know, you play a merengue típico mm-hmm. from like from Fefita or or from Urbanda, or or you play some some what merengue clásico with Fernando Villalona. Yes, and my heart my heart is skipping eight beats from <laughs> Sergio Vargas. And you play those merengues, and I'm like, fuck yes, let's go. Yes. Or you play some bachata, you play some some paniagua bachata, some of that 1980s when bachata was con- considered abhorrent to Dominican common culture. Mm-hmm. Oof, you know, or you play some some modern Romeo. <laughs> all that, all of that slaps, all of it. So music first, second. Huh. You, part of me wants wants to say food. But that's so typical. <laughs> but I'm always grateful for food, and and I love I love me some some arroz uh, blanco con coco and aguacate and and some some pollo pollo asado or 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 or, or some Christmas time pernil with puré de papa like all that stuff like, all over the place. So yeah, I think music, food, and maybe in a bit of an unconventional way, but I do like that in my culture, we have so many different skin tones. Mm-hmm. I, I love all, all the, like, I just find all people beautiful. And so all the different skin tones come with different kinds of beauty and each one has their own thing that makes it pop. You know, if you're a little on the lighter side, you get tan and it has this red glow. If you're on the darker side, you get tan and it has this like crisp. And if you're on the even darker than that, then you just have like this beautiful, rich blackness. And then if you're on the white side, it's, it's good luck. Kind of just kidding. glowing thing, but you don't want, you can't be in the sun, but it's all like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all great. And I, and I love the fact that all of that is like so, so much part of, of, of my culture. That's beautiful. How do you amplify the Afro in Afro Dominican? <laughs> oh, um, I think just, I'm a, I, I, 
I'm already a walking, uh, amplifying <laughs> just by virtue of existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think beyond that, I think in it, for me, the Afro roots have a lot to do with uh, with uh, dance, which is so related to music. Mm-hmm. But dance, and I was going to say uh, hair texture, mm-hmm. and so at least currently, I. Well, always, I've always loved to dance. So for me, an opportunity to dance and to kind of move and, and, and do different things is one of the ways that I think I amplify uh, having my hair this way. When my mom would call up a home, I call beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, I think whenever I, um, I'm DJing house music, I always try to find a way to include African or Afro-inspired rhythm into the set. Mm-hmm. Just because I love the way that that, you know, that black coffee, that Afro mm-hmm. kind of Oh my God, I music. love black coffee. That is, I love that. And so whenever I can get any chance to kind of incorporate that, I'm in those kinds of, those kinds of sounds. Nice. Wow. I didn't know you DJ as well. That's so cool. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I do for fun for my friends. And uh, if God willing, and if anybody wants, I could do it for for mm-hmm. for big crowds, I would love it, but it's something that I just enjoy doing. What's your DJ name? I go by the name of Wild Chico. Wild Chico. Wild Chico. Okay. Okay. Good to know. All right, Wild Chico. Uh, by the way, I love <laughs> yeah. house music. I grew up in the house music scene in like the nineties yeah. and early two thousands. So <laughs> you just like another Dom- like again. My fellow Ooh. Dominican, and we say, like, let's do this house music. And you just said black coffee. You like, oh my god, we're gonna be yeah. best friends now. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you would love this this mix that I do with, with a song that is like it's it's sort of like in the in the black coffee. It's not by him, but it's sort of it has that sound. Mm. Uh, and I figured out a way to make some bachata into it. Oh, wow. bachata lyrics, but not bachata beat uh, with uh, Amiga Veneno. Oh, maybe mm. you can send it to us. Maybe we can add Oof. it to your um Oof. Oof. to your podcast. Maybe can, we can figure can, out a way to add a little bit of it. That. Yeah, a little yeah, link. that would be so cool. That would be great. Oh, by the way, how can our listeners find you? Like on social media, yes, website, let us sure. know. So on Instagram, you can find me at Kelvin Grujon, K-E-L-V-I-N-G-R-U-L-L-O-N official. Kelvin Grujon official. On Twitter, you can find me at Chase Luchico. Uh, and you spell chasing without a G, so C-H-A-S-I-N. Um, and you can also just go to my website, kelvinvideon.com, and then you can find all ways to contact me and collaborate with you. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. Yes. And I yes, love that, was. like, I have a feeling we're, like, our, our circle's going to get smaller and smaller. I mean... Mercedes was the one who suggested having you and I can't believe yes. that like yeah. I suddenly knew a couple of people yeah. you know we have a couple <laughs> connections yeah. and like so I'm sure like in a few weeks you're gonna be like you know Rosie like it's just the the circle will widen I'm sure yeah I'm a big fan of your work and and you know Thank I'm you. all about you know supporting our our artists our fellow artists especially our fellow actors so thank you. Congratulations on all your work that you've been doing. Yeah, congratulations we, on everything. Thank you very much. That was so dope. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah. Talking to Kelvin. It's so cool because we we finally got someone like uh, on a similar level to us in terms of being actors and being in the industry. Yeah. 
And that was, that, that was just such a fun, cool conversation, you know? Yeah, I love what he's doing. And I love how he explained, you know, the journey of being in a one-man show. Yeah. It's serious, man. That is no joke. And how representation matters. Yeah. I love how he explained, you know, how proud he is to be Black. And, you know, again, similar journeys to us where we also had revelations kind of later in life about our Blackness and, and our African roots and heritage. Yeah, and even when he was talking about, like, you know, different characters that he plays, some may consider them to be stereotypical at times, you know, because when you audition, mm-hmm. you get called out for everything. Yeah. He said he finds the humanity in these characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really, really, really great. And that book, The Brief Wanderous Life of Oscar Woe, is such a fantastic book. It's so it's so great and it's so cool that he got the opportunity to like translate it to a yeah. one person show on stage I love that clip you showed me of him on Univision yeah was yeah. it Univision or Telemundo yeah the, Univision yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm like already just proud of that because it's like look a black Dominican yeah, on Univision <laughs> yeah seriously he's doing big things so you guys follow him yeah you know? follow him Sup- support support, we support need our support. artists we, we need support <laughs> us artists need it Follow him. Go pay for whatever he's doing. Yeah. You know, because he's working really, really hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We, we out here in these streets, man. We, we take it over. We got to we gotta show people that we're here, our stories matter, and that they're really, really fun and exciting and, and great to watch and listen to. Yeah. And know? diversity matters, guys. Cast Dominicans. Cast people of color. Exactly. Cast black people. Yeah. Yeah. Cast just cast us just cast us man and cast us as black Dominicans too you know what I mean don't just be like oh you're that Latin Hispanic person no like as a black Dominican that's that's how we want to be that's who we are and that's how we want to be represented through media yeah you know what I mean that's that's what we want to do you know what's up so listeners guess what we're gonna do now ask you to follow us on Instagram Rocio and Mercedes on IG. Twitter yes. is R&M Podcast. You can email us at Mercedes at gmail.com Don't forget to follow us. That's how you will be supporting us is by following yes. us, by listening to us. Again, tell your friends. Tell your friends. To forward it now. Forward it now. Go on IG. Go to Rocio and Mercedes. Follow us and then forward it to 10 of your friends. For real because we, we really do need the support. And hopefully we'll have a giveaway soon. So you'll be able to do that. And then we'll give you, I don't know, something fun. And here's the link to Kelvin's uh, DJ mix. Yes, it will be here attached below. So you can support him as a DJ as well. Yeah. All his other links will be attached to the info of this um, podcast episode as well. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. 